good food. I don't know about this. I think we should eat and then preach. Amen? Amen. Get with me. Let's wake up a little bit. Listen, it's really uh, amazing you come into this place and uh, I don't know of a church that does it better getting you ready to preach than this church. Um, it's really amazing that many, any of you can stay in your seat. I don't know how you stay in your seat when that kind of praise and worship is going on. It's kind of wild that you have to be coaxed to come up here when they, we ought to be fighting for position. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about some religious experience. I'm talking about the experience. It's not about seeing me, obviously. That's a letdown. But I'm telling you about having an experience with Jesus. That's what you ought to be fighting to do. Not coming in and making sure you can sit so far back that you can't see. You can't hear or you can't be noticed. Bless God, you ought to be up here in the thick of things. You know, I never forget when I first got saved. I'm still the same way. I don't sit up here because I'm the pastor of the church. I sit up here because I don't want to be distracted. That's why I sit. I've always sit in the front of a church. I do not want to be distracted by the getting up and getting down because some of us, God, I know y'all don't get mad at me, but that's all right. I mean, this is my first week back, so y'all be okay. <clears throat> you, you probably need to be stirred up a little bit. Come on, somebody. Some of you act like you're worse than a teenager about getting up and going to the bathroom. I think you get so bored and so distracted that you can't handle sitting through a 40-minute a, a sermon or a 45-minute sermon that you're back and forth just like a little kid. Now, if you've got some problems, I understand. I'm 67. <laughs> Do I need to say more? I understand those issues. I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not blind to all that stuff. But when that's not the issue and you want everybody to take note of what you were wearing today, I really don't care what you're wearing today. If God can't straighten you out, I surely can't preach a message to straighten you out. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is just the truth. I didn't even know I was going to say all that, but that's good, wasn't it? <laughs> I just want to tell you, this church gets you ready. The last church I preached at in Africa, <clears throat> it's so cool. I don't know what they're saying, but I'm dancing all around with them, and we're having the greatest time, and it reminds me of the remnant church. The whole dadgum church, I'm talking about from right here to the back of the church, everybody is dancing. And there's not a small amount of people here. I'm talking about probably 150, and we're rocking. No kids. Jan is taking the, they're getting the kids. We're rocking. I mean, we are praising God in my side. I'm, I can dance my side. Uh, Trina can dance it pretty good, but I can dance my side. And uh, it's the truth. I can. I mean, you know, I can dance. You know you can dance. There used to be a song kind of like that. I can dance. Uh, I got a little rhythm, regardless what color I am. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything, and I don't know why anybody thinks it does. I even have gold teeth, which makes me really special. In my style, and they love gold teeth. They do. One of them asked me, when you die, are you going to get those taken off? And I said, no. He said, I'm, I'm going to find you and get them off. <laughs> I said, no, you're not. <clears throat> But they got me ready because the entire church, I mean, we had the whole place was rocking. And then I get up and preach, and it's like a, a highway from heaven just, just manifested for every word did not fall to the ground, not a one. 
They were scooping it up. They were, they were reaching for more. I couldn't have preached as long as I wanted to. I finally looked at the pastor and said, how much time I have? And this is already after one full hour of preaching. He says, 10 more minutes. Okay, I finished my sermon in 10 minutes. I did. I finished it in 10 minutes. <clears throat> one of the churches she showed you, well, the one she said was a brand new church out in the bush, that night, we showed the Jesus film. We put it on Facebook, but 300 people received Jesus. <laughs> Listen, they didn't receive Jesus because of me. They saw the Jesus film in my side, in their language, and they responded to the altar call. Now, I give an altar call. I give a hard altar call. I give a strong altar call. But the point is, I mean, and it wasn't peer pressure. They're just so glued to that and can't believe somebody loved them so much, even in the condition of strict poverty, strict insanity of just thinking, I got to go get water the next day and where I don't know, but I'm going to have to go get some. Or what do we eat? It's just insanity, just the poverty that you look at and and when they raised their hands, I just truly believe the same God that saved me when I was 28 truly is going to enter into them. See, I always think about what makes us all different. I think if I put one of you up here, like Robert, and say, do you believe in God? He'd say yes. And if I put somebody I didn't even know up here and ask him, do you believe in God? You'd say yes. And I could put as many as I want to, but there's something different about people when you're talking about God. What is the difference maker? Is it the church you go to? That's really about all we think about because your church is better than ours. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing that you think that if there's really, your tribe is different than the tribe. There's one tribe, you guys, there may be different congregations in this community, but there's one tribe. And if you believe in Jesus, you're in that tribe. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're not in that tribe. That's all it is. But what is the difference maker? You like the style of music? Is that the difference maker? You know, is that, is that it? You like the, the graphics we put up? I think they're great. I really do. I got about 10 shirts. I'm going to thank Bling a Go-Go for putting... The, the stuff on my shirts for free, and I wore them in Africa. There's a big lion on the back of my shirt, and I'd turn around and say, this is the try." and of course, they'd all go crazy because there are lions that are wild there, <laughs> and they loved it, and I explained about the tribe somewhat. I didn't, I didn't preach always about the tribe, but I explained about the tribe, and they loved it being the lion of the tribe of Judah, but there has to be something a lot more than the clothes you wear, the church you go to. What is the difference maker? There has to be a difference maker. They're just really, and I don't really think we think about it that much. I, I just think we go about life, and, and even though we're born again, or we may not be born again, I just think that we think we're all the same, when in reality, we're not. There's something different. There's something that makes us different. What is the difference maker? Is it the location? I always wanted to have a church on the bypass, but we're a church a block off the bypass. Huh? Would that be the difference if we could get the church to the bypass? How about if we talk about sports? It's probably the reason why somebody wins a World Series is because of their pitching. 
Or maybe because the Patriots win another Super Bowl, it's because of their quarterback. Or maybe the coach. Or maybe it's because they have more money or less money. Maybe it's their strategy. We could go on and on and on. What is the difference maker? In your job, in your life, in your marriage, raising your kids, because each of us think we have specific things that are either for our advantage or for our failure. Amen? It's the truth. I mean, you can talk to any of us, and we'll tell you why we succeed, because we're proud about that, but then we'll make excuses why we fail. It is true, we know, that people that recognize their ability to make a difference do so for many, many different reasons. Since today we end up our series on the tribe, I love the series. I love the idea that I'm in a tribe, that everybody in this community that truly has proclaimed and named and believed and received that Jesus is their personal Savior. I don't care if they go to the Catholic Church, the Methodist Church, the Baptist Church, the Church of Christ, the Presbyterian, the Episcopalian, or whatever alien. It does not matter. We are all in the same, say, tribe. We are. So you need to get over the idea because you go somewhere else makes you either in the tribe or not in the tribe. This is a barn, and I preach in many of them in Africa. It's not the barn's not the tribe. The name of the door is not the tribe. The name that saved each one of us that believe that becomes our uh, entry fee for being in the tribe. Nothing else. We do not end the truth that we belong to the tribe. We don't end it. It's a, when, you, when you're in the tribe, then that's, that's the beginning of all these things. You know the lion of the tribe of Judah? I like that. I've said it so many times in Africa, it'd blow your mind. And I mean, every time I'd say it, they'd rear up. I just loved it. The lion of the tribe of Judah. That's what gives me my stability. That's the difference maker, isn't it? It is determined only by two conditions. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is the only answer? No, he's not one answer. He's the only answer. The Bible says in the Old Testament, you're not even supposed to mention other gods, other ways, other means that you can somehow think that you can get your way to heaven because it's an impossibility in the faith. One answer for salvation. And the other one is, have you received him as your personal savior? Now, I'm telling you, these people I was talking about a while ago to get up here and to say, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Maybe all of them are born again, but there's always something different about each believer. Or maybe somebody doesn't believe, but they believe in God. They don't know which God, so they don't have the difference maker. I'm talking about the difference maker. I'm going to spend a lot of time on that. If both these answers are yes, Bruce, you believe in Jesus, you believe he's the only way, then you're a member of the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Denominations matter none. Be glad when we can get over that. I'll never forget when I first got saved, somebody said, are you a Baptist? Because that's where I got saved. I got saved at a Baptist revival, stayed in a Baptist church for 11 years. God bless them. I have nothing bad to say about them. Or I wouldn't be saved. That's pretty awesome. But I never said I was a Baptist. I said I was a Christian going to the Baptist church. I'm not an American. I'm a Christian that lives in America. I teach them the same thing in Africa. Get this, because their culture and tradition drives them away from the truth of the difference maker. That's what it does. 
And I have to bring them back to the fact that being Maasai and the culture and tradition you live in is not more important than the difference maker that you say you believe in. You're not a Maasai Christian. You're a Christian that happens to be in the tribe called Maasai. But the greater tribe is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's what I teach them. I told them I preached to them just like I do you. And I did. I've decided it's not, it's not my assignment to determine someone, someone's eternal destination. It's not. I mean, I don't care how crazy you're living, how crazy you're acting. Really and truthfully, if you read Romans 7, you can see that it's not anybody's job to determine whether you believe and you have received Jesus or not. My job is to put the message out there and you have to deal with it someday and be able to look in the face of a mighty God that loves you and say, I turned him down. It won't be on me. That's all I'm responsible for. Not responsible to condemn you? You want to live like hell? Go for it. I'm not. It's not my responsibility to sit around and condemn people. It's your responsibility to take on the tribe that you live in and be a representative and be responsible enough to the Word of God to represent the tribe in a way that Jesus has called each of us to do so and not left us alone in this, but empowered us through His grace. I'm required to present the truth. Then it's your decision. True or not? There's a stop sign out there at the first intersection leaving this church. The truth is, you may can drive through it several times. You may not get a ticket. And you may not hit a semi, but sooner or later, one of those two things are probably going to happen. Now, that's the truth. It's up to you to decide. Do you think the faith's any different? It's the difference maker. What is the difference maker? It's in the name. Now, you've got to stay with me. I've got a few points here, and it sounds like a lot, but I'm just going to make some statements. I really am just going to make some statements. Number one, first, we must realize we must not use his name carelessly. That makes me think if I chose Robert to sit up here and Robert tells me he's saved, but he uses the name of God really pretty carelessly. Now, using the name of God carelessly doesn't mean that you're saying GD and, uh, uh, you know, Jesus Christ and some other things. Now, I agree that's carelessly and that's probably not real smart. You probably shouldn't be doing that. And there's probably a consequence somewhere in there for that. But more importantly, it's reading the Word of God and then denying its meaning, denying its truth. Or it's coming to church, walking in here, hearing the Word of God, and then walking out and not changing your life. That's just as much as taking the name of God in vain as anything else. But that's not what we think. We think if we're, well, I believe in God. I mean, I did receive Jesus as my personal Savior, but from this point to this point, there's been no change. Something's happened. The name. There's, there's something wrong with the name here. You're not getting the name. The name, you don't understand the relationship you have in the name. Exodus 27 says, You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold any of you guiltless who misuse his name. You know what? That's in the Bible. He's not going to hold a one of us guiltless. This is not so much in saying as it is in doing. Do not take up the name with indifference. This is vanity and the act of not considering the outcome of such an act. Think about what you're doing with the name. You're going to leave here today. 
after we eat and have a great time. And you're going to be responsible for the name that you represent. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. That's ridiculous. Nobody can do that. Because you've all convinced yourself by the grace of God, well, you're all your sins forgiven, even in advance, before you act a fool. Come on, somebody. Isn't it the truth? That's what you believe. That's American Christianity. We do what we want to do. Why? The blood of Jesus. I'm covered in the blood. I can go do and be what I want to do and know that there's nothing going to bother me. There's still a consequence for some of these actions. Point two, every time he mentions his name, it's with purpose. Are you getting that? He never just mentions his name in any context without his name, first of all, being first and foremost. You know, when I come into a building up there in, in, in Africa, and they say that there is this bazunga named Pastor Dennis, those churches that I've already been to, Man, they can't wait to see me. They embrace me. They love me. They go out and kill a goat for me. I get to eat. Man, we ate some really good goat. But I don't want to go there right now. But anyway, they love me. Why? Because they respect who I am because who I am backs up my name. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They know I'm there not to talk about who I am, but to talk about who he is. So God gives me audience and gives them ears to hear. His name is mentioned with purpose. It has significance to a desired emphasis and outcome. Genesis 1.1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen? Anybody have a problem with that? Don, you have a problem with that? He created the heavens and the earth. Okay? The emphasis here is Elohim. It means strong and mighty without equal. Somebody say amen. amen. So if you don't know God, what you do know about God is in when he created the heavens and the earth, just the fact that he said, in the beginning, God, it's not God, the same God we know as Jesus or Jehovah. It's God to a lost world, to a created world that only knows him in what? Power and authority. Not a loving God. Not a caring God. Just a God that's significant in a beginning. You understand what I'm trying to say? I want you to get this about the name. This is his relationship with creation. It's just a relationship that said, I am the father of creation. It says so in the Bible. But more importantly, it's not a father in relationship as we're talking about intimacy. It's just that I didn't birth you, but I spoke you. Come on, somebody, you're missing this. I didn't birth you like Mary did Jesus. I spoke you. Are you getting this? Trying to teach you about the difference, the difference maker. Some of you have the difference maker, and it's not making a difference. <laughs> I want you to hear me today. Three. So his name God in Genesis 1-1 relates to the creatures he's created. Like someone building something, like some of you builders in here, and having the knowledge of its value without intimacy. Robert Hill builds houses. Maybe others do in here too as well. Dustin, whoever else. But the point is this. When they build a house, they didn't birth that house and they're not going to go home at night and wonder how the house is going to be doing. Is it going to grow up and be a big boy? Come on, somebody. Are you listening to me? That's the same thing as him acting as a creator to the house as God acting a creator to the creation. Everybody getting that? 
I'm just trying to teach you about the name. I'm trying to teach you about God. I'm going to go to another name in a little bit, but if you don't get this name and you're not able to differentiate between that, this name and other names, then you're stuck. You don't get it. You're not walking in the relationship you say you so have. Four, in Genesis 2, the text relates to the relationship between God and man. Now it's changing. We're downshifting. We're going to turn a corner here. So Jehovah God is used instead of Elohim. Are you following me? Are you getting this? See, if you don't stay with me here, fight if you're, if you're not sure you're born again or you're just one of those that know God and you, you remember when you were born again but you really hadn't moved on anything in that. It's going to be hard for you to hear this. It's going to be hard for you to concentrate on this because you're really not, um, you really don't think it's important to have any greater idea or thought of God because you being saved is enough. I'm telling you, being saved is enough but it won't grow you up into the person you're supposed to be in Christ. So Jehovah God is used. So we can see the difference makers in the name. The tribe is in relationship, so we have Jehovah as our God. As long as we have God the Almighty, the Elohim, we're not in the tribe. We believe God. We believe in God. We know there is a God. But it's not the same God that we're talking about when we're talking about Jehovah God. Uh, can I drive on? Genesis 5, I mean, in, in point 5, in Genesis seven sixteen, it says the animals, Robert, came into the ark because of God's authority over creation. Isn't that crazy? Just the fact that he created them when he built an ark and it was time for them to come in, they came into the ark. How do you get all those animals to come into the ark? Because the creator had programmed into their DNA, you will go into the ark on this day. And it wasn't, or you will drown. It's you will go into the ark. There was no option. Why? Because the creature has to respond to the creator. I'm trying to get you here. I'm trying to take you someplace. All the creature knew was God Almighty in power, dominion, and authority. And if he started to move, they started to react. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to teach you something today. Some of you will come out of here today and say, well, I really learned something today. Some of you are going to go out here going, I didn't get a thing he said. Isn't it funny how one person can get what they need, another person didn't get anything? I wonder who's at fault. It's probably God's fault. All right, it's always the pastor's fault. Let me just say that the truth. You're the too shallow. You know, I didn't, he just doesn't preach any meat. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't handle the meat if I was preaching it. Huh? I'd have to chew your steak up for you like a bird does, spit it in your mouth. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Help me chew. <laughs> We're just having fun. I've been in Africa. I'm still on jet lag. You're getting a jet lag message here. I'm not lying. I'm flying low, buddy. I think the biggest problem with going to Africa is not the, it's not anything about Africa because I can handle any of those elements. They're nothing because I love the people so much. But that stinking 18 and a half hour flying 38,000 miles up in the air, I think it does something to your system. I know it does. That's, I don't, I, 
You know, even when I used to get high before I got saved, I didn't feel like that. Don't shout me down. I mean, you know, I could stay on the ground and get high. I never felt like that. You want to get high, go to Africa with me. I'm telling you what, you get off that plane going, my God. No, you know, I'm not, I don't want to scare anybody. It's not bad. That's a lie. It is. <laughs> I got to be honest here. That's a lie. All right. Where are we at here? Y'all got to help me remember where I am. Five. Five. The animals came into the ark. Isn't that crazy? I've just always thought about that before I did this message and started looking at it. So the animals came into the ark. What did, how did they just know to come into the ark? Because they only knew God, how? As creator. And all the creator had to do was think about what was going on, and those animals respond. Listen, we know a whole lot more than that. I wonder why we have so much difficulty responding to God. Huh? You know a whole lot more than it. Listen, I saw so many zebra. I'm sick of seeing zebra. They're the dumbest things you ever saw in your life. Nobody rides them. You don't train them. I mean, have you ever seen one in a circus? No, and if you did, he's just standing in a cage because he has a sign on him that says, I refuse to learn. I am a dummy. No, come on, somebody. You, you ever seen one? You ever seen anybody ride one? I think they ought to have them at rodeos because I want to see what they do if you try to ride one of them things. I bet when he throws you off, he makes mincemeat out of you. They kill lions sometimes. They kick a lion in the jaw and it's over. Except for the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, let's see this. We got Brian, we got God. He... He told the animals. He thought about it. Whatever. Here they come. Two by two and some of them by seven for sacrifice. Amen? Just teaching your Bible. Look at this. And then he shuts man up in the ark. Now, isn't that crazy? Why didn't he just do the same with man? Because he didn't speak man into existence. He formed him. He had a relationship with man. So when God called man to come on into the ark, called man, he shut man up out of relationship because he had care and concern. Do you see the difference of relationships here? There's a Jehovah God talking to man now because there's, there's man has God in relationship but there's God Elohim talking to the creation. Are you getting this? Creation just responds. It doesn't say, but wait a minute. Man is the only one that would have said, I don't know, I think I can swim through this. <laughs> don't laugh, you're doing it today. Some of you are trying to swim through on your own right now. As I was getting ready to preach, I was just sitting up here and we were singing, and I, I love it. You don't have to tell them my side of sing. I'm telling you, I don't know what they're saying, but they're saying it as loud as they can say it, and nobody cares what anybody sounds like because they're in there for one reason. They're going to give God glory. Amen. They're dirt poor. Most of their shoes are wore out. Their toes are sticking through, or they've been cut off at the big toe so their feet can grow. But I'll tell you what, when they come into worship, they'll put us to shame. 
They'll put us to shame. First of all, they're all going to be up here, and they all, you ought to see them dance. My God, they're dance. See, they're in relationship. They're not like the cattle that you see millions and billions of goats and cattle and everything everywhere. They, that creation knows God, just, just God powerful, God Elohim, God that controls the rain and drought, but here's the deal. God shut them up in the ark because he cared for them. He wanted them to survive because he was in relationship. Look at me. He wants you to survive. He wants you to overcome because he's in relationship with you. I was praying this morning up here at the altar, and I was saying, God, I'm your dead gum son, and there's some things that I am upset about. And why would you not meet those needs? Because they're not for me, they're for you. And I'm in relationship. Are you with me? So I can make those statements. Whereas a tree can't say anything but what's a tree going to say tomorrow? What's a tree going to say the next day? The sad thing is we become like trees when we don't get our answer. And we forget we're in a relationship with God and we start to act like a creature that's been created instead of a person that's been formed. True or not? You getting something today? Number six. I like this. This is so good. I'm trying to get you the name. Are you getting what I'm saying? God is God, Elohim, to the creation. Jehovah God is God in relationship. Now, we're going somewhere with this, but you got to stay to the end or you're not going to get it. You already know where I'm going. I ought to go ahead and tell you because I know some of you have to go to the bathroom on the punchline. <laughs> you know they sell these things called Depends. Don't say no, sir. You'll do what you got to do. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Some of you youngsters, I ain't never doing that. You're the one. <laughs> Pride goeth before a great depends. <laughs> I know y'all still love me because I love you. But I'm telling you, this growing up, I ain't wearing depends. Get over it. But I'm not telling you I'm never going to wear them because here's the real truth. I want to be here, and I want to be here a long time. And whatever happens with this old body, the Bible tells me this tent is wasting away anyway, but the Spirit of God in me is growing. So if the tent goes, I want to grow. Some of you look at age and go, boy, they're just about out of it. Are you crazy? If an old person like me is really staying in the faith, reading their Bible, going to church and letting God use him, do you understand I'm more valuable to the kingdom at this stage than I was when I was younger? But instead, we go by what the world says, and we say if they're too old, we need to set them aside. My relationship is stronger today than it was when I was 28. Because I'm in relationship, I'm not in some kind of, yes, I know God is all authority, all powerful. He's the omni God. I know that. But I'm in relationship in knowing that, not some ignorant 
tree or a rock or whatever it may be that just says I'm here because he said I'm here. I like preaching at the remnant. Well, I, I don't know if you really do, but if you don't, that's okay. Because I've decided I, I can't change what God's put in me. You know, I tried to be, I've tried, I'll never forget, 22 years ago, you know, I go crazy up here preaching, still do, and, and you know, I get through preaching, I go, God, you were just crazy today, you know. It was me telling myself, hey, God had nothing to do, he said, I just said, God, what am I going to do? And he says, you're going to do nothing but be you, because I'm in you, and I'm, that's all, I, I used to try to get up here, I used to tell myself, I'm going to be calm. <clears throat> do you know how long that would last? If I, once I started the title, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I'm in it. I can't stop it, Bruce. I'd like to tell you I can control this. I don't want to control the grace of God. I want to give you what he's given me. Matter of fact, I'd like to let you have some of this so you can stop living like a mild man reporter and get out of the dadgum phone booth. <laughs> Superman didn't live in the phone booth. <laughs> Clark Kent makes me sick. But... <laughs> Let me, let, me, let me correct this stuff. There has to be some Clark Kent's in the crowd. So I want to make sure you know that if it was all a bunch of Dennis Hills in here, we'd just be talking crazy and, you know, loud and sick. And <laughs> in, first, in 1 Samuel 17, 46, David is talking to Goliath and says, The Lord Jehovah will deliver you into my hand why? Because he's the creator, Rose? No, why? Because he's in? Because he's in? See, David could talk like that. I'm telling you, there's a Goliath chasing some of you around, and you've made friends with him. But you have a God that you're in relationship with, Matt, and you can tell Goliath, huh, you're in trouble here. Why? Because he t says Goliath is an uncircumcised Philistine, which means he can only ever know God as Elohim, creator, dominant, all power, all authority, but he can never know God in relationship. Why do you think David won? Because one of them had a relationship with God. <laughs> and one of them did one of them knew Elohim, and the other one knew Jehovah. Are you getting this? See, some of y'all are still walking around like you just know him as Elohim. You pray like that. Matter of fact, some of you don't even pray. Just don't worry unless you're getting a fix. You know him in relationship. Let Goliath show up. Quit going, oh, God, what are we going to do? By God, you're going to say, well, God, I know one thing. He don't have a relationship with you, so he can only know you in looking around at creation. But I have a relationship with you, so it's not going to take much to drop him. Come on, somebody. How do you drop a guy that has a headgear, a breastplate, arm plates, 
he has, he's completely guarded except for one pretty open spot. You know David, he threw, you've heard of smart bombs, David threw a smart rock. He did. And when he let it go, I don't care if it had been going that way towards Smithsville. That's it. Why? Because the rock had an assignment on it. <laughs> you know how they've been painting those rocks, Brian? I bet this rock had Goliath painted on it. <laughs> it's the truth, D-boy. Don't be laughing. Had Goliath on it. One of the kids said, hey, David, you want to use this? David goes, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> now, I made that up. Don't go try to find it in Scripture. But to the unbelieving world, he will manifest his unmatched power and authority. That's all he can do. David said Goliath was uncircumcised Philistine. Goliath would only see God in power and authority without relationship. Let me tell you something. If you're a believer, would you start walking like you have a relationship with God? Would you quit responding like the world? And if you can't do it anywhere else, get off of Facebook talking like you don't know God. It's amazing to me, some of you Christians that will get on Facebook and talk that you only know God as the creator and you don't know him in relationship, Jehovah. What? I hate to tell you, I, I would, I, I'd like to get on the young people about being on social media, but it's not them I'm talking to. You don't give social media to adults. 25 years and up, you're in trouble. My age, they'll say anything. Well, my wife acted like a fool. I went to bed and won't last night. Think they won't say anything like that? You ain't been on social media lately. Don't get on social media if you're an adult. Like 30 years and above. And if you do, just say praise God. At least you might convince somebody you know him in a relationship. What am I going to do? <laughs> I know I'm a Christian, but you don't understand. Oh, I don't understand. Well, if I don't understand it, how is, you mean the God you're in relationship with? You're depending on what I understand? You're in relationship with the God of the universe. He understands. He knows what you need before you ask. In 2 Chronicles 18.31, there's this king that really was a good king. His name is Japhat, Jehoshaphat. I like Japhat better. I started to use my rap name as Japhat because I just like that. I really did. It used to be Tick or Tack. My daughter never could get Tick. It was Texas-Israeli Connection. And then I started going to Africa, and I said, Texas-Africa Connection. But then Japhat's a cool name. I mean, it's just a cool name. You'd say J-P-H-A-T, Japhat, with a hyphen in the middle. I get some cool clothes. I'm telling you, I could rock this place. But here's what Japhat did. He got into a battle that he wasn't called to get into. And when he got into this battle, he noticed that all the enemies were rushing toward him. And the only way he could get out of it, I'm talking to somebody in here right now because you think you're being chased by your enemies. He called out to God, but he didn't call out to God of dominion, power, and authority, Elohim. He called out to Jehovah God in relationship, and he was delivered. You understand this? See, that's all I'm going to teach you today. I don't have another thing to teach you. 
If I can get this into your head, you're, well, I already knew that. Well, you don't walk that way. You're not walking like you've got authority. When something goes wrong at your house, you go, where are you? Do you see what's going on or are you blind? We don't talk that way to him. The truth is he knew what was going on before the foundation of the world. He knew that day you'd scream out to him and act like you didn't know him. See, he is, he, what he's saying is you're so immature in your faith you can't even call upon me with a pure and true heart because I am in relation. Listen to me. When I call to my wife, when I talk to her, I expect her to respond to me. Do you know why? I'm in relationship, baby. That's my wife. I call her phone. If she don't answer, there better be a good reason why she's not answering. No, I'm telling you. You say, why do you act like that? I'm in relationship with her. Don't be telling me you're doing something else on that phone. You better be talking to somebody, and it better be important. But she's the same way with me. Why? We're in relationship. You think God ain't any different? If I'm that way with my wife, and I expect that to be with her, why would I not expect that to be even greater with God? When he calls, I better respond. And when I call, I know he'll answer. Amen. Hard for some of y'all to get this, isn't it? You say, well, if you just calm down, I ain't going to calm down. You get over yourself. I hadn't calmed down in 38 years in the faith. And especially, I've been in Africa all that time. You think I'm going to come back and calm down? Listen, I don't know how many times I preached in Africa. I can't tell you how many churches I rolled up at and would get out. We'd dance around, get up and preach and go crazy. Maybe do two sessions, get in the, get in the land cruiser, be beat to death, go to the next church, do the same thing, having a great time, praising God and saying, I don't know how we're doing this. It's got to be in the fact that I'm in relationship. See, I made this sermon up in Africa. I was going to preach it to a church in Africa, but instead God wouldn't let me do it. He made me preach something else. So he told me, this is what you're preaching in LaGrange. He said, don't think that they're way above the people in Africa. <laughs> well, the reason why I don't listen to this guy is because he doesn't say, I, I know a whole lot more. Listen to me. I get around people that make me think that I don't know anything about the Bible. And I read the Bible all the time. I'm not bragging. I'm not saying anything. I think that's what a disciple of Christ, which is every one of us that's born again and is in relationship, ought to be doing. I think you have at least, if you've been a Christian five years, should have read the Bible through at least once. I'm not bragging, but I don't know how many times I've read it through, and I'm fixing to be through with it again. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start again. Why? Because my relationship is not over. You know, you stop reading about things when you lose interest. Come on, Rose, help me. Isn't that right? I mean, you like to, you like to hear Bruce talk. You like to, you know, you're studying Bruce a little bit there, you know. But let me tell you something. When you lose interest, you don't care. I hadn't lost interest with God. And let me tell you another thing, Vince. He hadn't lost interest with me. Why? Because it's a give and give relationship, not a give and take. 
I like that. Goliath pulled for a little J-fat. He had an intimate relationship. But you know how God dealt with Japheth's enemies? Anybody know? He dealt with Japheth's enemies like he did with Goliath. They had to lose. Come on, I'm trying to teach you something today. Please help me. Your enemies, look at me, every one of you. If you don't hear nothing else, hear this. Your enemies have to lose. You've got to get this. They're not in relationship. Are you getting this? I'm going to beat this cement till you get it. Listen, they have to lose. Goliath had to lose. Japheth's enemies had to lose. They can't help it. Why? Because he's in relationship. I'm on number eight, but I don't have much more to go, so don't hold your breath. My boy. Come here, son. Give me a hug. That's classic. Come here. He held his breath. He said, That's your boy. Pray for Dustin. Yeah. Number eight. God is a common name to the world. You understand what I'm saying? Jehovah God is a name of intimacy. God refers to his power. Jehovah refers to his love. I'm going somewhere. You still got, I hadn't got to the punchline. You got to stay with me. In Exodus 3, 14 and 15, God tells Moses, say to my people, I am that I am sent you. He also said, He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is Jehovah God in relationship. I am that I am. In relationship, I am going to meet your every need, whatever it may be. I am that I am. You can't put a situation in front of me that I can't solve and already have put into motion. Because we're in relationship. Is this too much for some of y'all? Y'all gagging? Number 10, I am that I am is Jehovah God in relationship telling us he becomes what we need. The world knows God as his power and authority. James 2.19 says this. Here's how you can tell somebody when they say, well, I believe in God and everything. You ever heard that? Well, you know, I believe in God and everything, you know. Just don't throw that Jesus stuff. You believe that there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Is that you? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, because I'm preaching good. I know I'm preaching good. Huh? I believe in God. Doesn't everybody believe in God? Yeah. But not everybody has God in relationship. Even the devil. How would you not believe? That's really a silly statement, Bruce, because the devil says, I got kicked out of heaven. Heck to the yes, I believe in God. You don't have to convince him. He got kicked out of heaven. A third of his demons went with him. Yes, he believes there's a God. But no, he does not embrace him in relationship. Number 11, almost done. In the New Testament, John 8, 24, 
Jesus confirmed being Jehovah in the Old Testament. John 8, 24 says, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am. Did you get that? I am. The one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. He's saying, he is I am. He is the light of the world. He is the resurrection. He is the good shepherd. He is the life. He is the bread of life. He is the I am. He proves it. So we go from Elohim to Jehovah, now to Jesus being Jehovah. I'm not through yet. Twelve, all commandments in the Old Testament were given by Jehovah God in relationship to his people. Do you understand the law was not written because he hated you? The law was written so he could show you how to live. It's been taught in Christianity today that God made those laws to Moses on Mount Sinai because he didn't love you. But the truth is he loved you to help keep you away from disaster. But because we couldn't do it, he had another answer. I like the way I said that, answer. Huh? Thirteen, I have one more. He is God Jehovah of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Do you all know who Abraham was? Extraordinary person. Do we have any extraordinary people in here? He's the God of the extraordinary. How about Isaac? He's the God of the ordinary. Isaac didn't do a whole lot of nothing. But he's the God of the ordinary. And how about Jacob? Come on, somebody. He's the God of the evil. Jacob's name was changed, I understand that, to, from cheater to Israel, which means prince with God. I understand that. But you have to remember there's three types of people. There's the extraordinary, there's the ordinary, and there's the evil. And he's the God of all of those. He can save all of those. He can put himself in relationship with all of those if they will receive. So there's not a one of you in here can say, but he left me out. No, he didn't. He said he once died for how many? How many's all? all? How many's all? all? Oh, all is. So we don't need to define all. Okay, some of y'all like definitions. Last point. Here it is. Here's the punchline. Last but not least, Jesus means Jehovah is our Savior. Jehovah, in relationship is our Savior, puts us in right standing with God. Therefore, if that's why you can't tell if this guy, the first one, was, I believe in God. Yeah, I've asked Jesus to come into my heart, but there's not anything changed in his life. I don't know if God accepts that. I'm serious. I, I don't know. I don't know how 2 Corinthians 5.17 can say what it says and this be real. I don't know. But you know what? It's not my assignment. That's what some of you have to get to a place. Stop being a Holy Ghost cop because it's not your assignment. You're, if you know Jesus, you are in Jesus, in God, in relationship. Quit, see, when you, when you judge and you gossip and you go across the line that you hadn't been called to, you know what you're acting like? Elohim, creator. Let me help some of you. You're not creator. You can't judge properly. Only he can. It's funny, I was at a place a while back 
There's this lady came in with a wig. And I heard somebody behind me talking about how silly that wig looked. Well, she had a friend come in. That's how we get, you understand? That's how we don't understand. And she helped her take off her wig to readjust it, and she was bald-headed because she was going through cancer treatment. Sometimes we open our mouth, and we, we don't put our feet in it. We put crap in it. Watch your tongue. Only there's one Elohim, and it's not you. Boy, it'll tear a gossiper up, won't it? You don't even want to look at me right now. Jesus means Jehovah is our Savior. This is God in relationship with his people through the new covenant, therefore the blood of Jesus. Luke 20, 37 and 38 says, But in the account of the bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he called the Lord God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but uh, the God of the living, for to him are all alive. Now, you're, if you're in relationship with God, you know him as Jehovah. And if you're just one of those in here that goes, well, I believe in God, and you've never let him restructure, make your life brand new, then you're still struggling with the relationship that he desires for you. You know what I'm going to do first off? I'm going to ask you, what's changed about your relationship to God since you got born again? Have you just gotten to where you're good at hiding your sin? Don't shout me down. That's what people do. They get good at hiding their sin, and everybody sees this. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm good. I just learned how to keep that stuff under the seat. Huh? There hadn't been anything new. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Even the way you, dis, you, 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 you try to deceive people is not new. I want to ask you, what's new in your relationship to Jesus? What's new? Have you had something new? You know, me and my wife, I, I, I'm going to tell you all the truth. I, sometimes I talk too much and too true about our relationship, but I don't care. But I'm the one that keeps that relationship fresh. She'll tell you. I'm the one that keeps it alive. I'm the one that, that, that now, she will do things of spontaneity that I want, but I'm the guy that tells her, hey, I'm 67, but I ain't in heaven. You know what I'm talking about, Rob. Give it to me, son. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the rest of these old men, but do you understand what I'm saying? There has to be that thing that if you can keep your relationship with your wife right, why can't you? Because if you get this relationship with Christ to God through Christ, can you imagine what your relationship to your wife would be like? Boom. I'm not lying. That's what, when you become a believer, this is what hinges on everything. From your job to your school, uh, your relationship with your wife, your kids, everything depends on your relationship with God. You getting this? I do know him as all powerful, all authority, have total dominion. But I more importantly know him as Savior.
in relationship. What's changed? You still going steady with him or you married him yet? I quit going steady with Jesus when I was 28 years old and I married him. And the real truth is he chose me to marry him. The real truth is he chose all of you that will receive him as a bride. Anybody in here not sure they're married to Jesus? You afraid to raise your hand? He wasn't afraid to, to, to be.